0: Hey, friends, and welcome to the World Transform. My name is Phil Bowermaster, and with me in the virtual studio is my co-host, Stephen Gordon. Hello, Stephen. Hey,
1: Phil. How are you?
0: Well, I am super fantastic. How are you, my friend?
1: Man, I am great, and uh, glad to be back at it, man. And we're back. So we had a a sort of longer hiatus than usual, but uh, it's good to be back
0: doing the show. We had to come back because of this particular topic. This is one we've been looking forward to for quite some time and we're about a week after the event so that gives us a little bit of a little bit of perspective on this but we're talking about the 50th anniversary of Apollo 11 on today's show and I don't know there's a there's a lot that's been said but I feel that uh, we've got some perspective to add on this as well Stephen, how did you how did you mark the day how did you commemorate well, Apollo 11 Well at
1: space.com they uh, actually allowed you to kind of you know experience it in real time, with a fifty year delay right, right. and yeah. uh, so on on the fifty year and fiftieth anniversary of the uh of the taking off of Apollo eleven you get to watch it and uh and then you get to see the landing uh, uh several days later, and then uh, you know um various other things along the way, and, of course, them uh, the homecoming. So I watched the taking off and uh, also the landing. I did not uh, work intervenes, and I could not see them the splashdown. Uh, but that was cool. That, that kind of lent, lent some perspective uh, to, uh, you know, how, how uh, other people experienced it 50 years ago. So, that was that was. I thought that was pretty cool. I I was born uh, just you know a couple months after this happened. Uh, I guess I've just revealed I'm looking at 50 here in a couple months. So anyway, but that's the deal. I I, I really enjoyed doing that. That was cool. So you're
0: actually this is where you and I. One of the big differences
1: between you and I, Steve, This could this could be
0: this could be the big difference right here. Okay, is for you. Apollo 11 has always been in the rearview mirror. Right, it's always been past. For me, I actually remember it. I remember watching it on TV, and uh, last week on YouTube, on the day of the moon landing and and the uh, and the moon walk, they rebroadcast just the live feed from CBS. It's like they had the whole thing on yeah. video, and it was like you just you can
1: watch it as people watched it on TV. Is that is
0: that what they were doing on space
1: dot com or yeah they- yeah, that, and they were just pointing to those things. Yes, yeah, so that's pretty yeah. much what they were doing. Yeah,
0: yeah. So I was actually rewatching what my family and I watched. Fifty years ago, right? what what I you know, as a kid, you, you know what I mean? It's like I was um let's see seven going on seven, I was six years old when it happened. and I'm watching this, and you hear the historic audio in the background. you hear the landing and stuff that you maybe have seen at different times, and of course, you know what's coming eventually, they're gonna say, Houston, Tranquility Base, the Eagle has landed, right? You're 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 looking forward to that audio clip. And what's funny is on CBS they were Walter Cronkite and crew, they had timed their models and their little simulation animation and stuff that they were showing based on the NASA clock. So right. So there was nothing live they were showing, right? There, there was no way to show the capsule landing on the moon. There was no There was no live feed from the LEM, nothing like that. So they're just, you know, they're showing their animations. They're showing artists' conception of what might be happening right now, but it's timed perfectly. NASA said, this procedure has started now, and therefore we know that this is exactly where we are, and this is exactly where we are, and this is exactly where So it was actually, you know, for network TV of the late 1960s, really precision, precision timing they were using, to, to make this thing happen. And then, as you're listening, you can hear the audio, and Neil is saying, up 30, you know, over 40. It says, critical last few seconds. And, oh, yeah. the thing, and, and the title appears on the screen, Lunar orbit, or, uh, lunar Module on the Moon. We've landed. And Walter Klein's going, well, we've landed on the moon. You can hear Neil in the background, and they're still landing it, right? And it, and it was because of that um, what occurs there at the last 39 seconds, which is when they got to the place where they were supposed to drop the LEM, yeah, it wasn't a good place to land. There were some rocks around. Yeah, rocks. It was, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was. Well, it of course, head.
1: they they had taken control. or Buzz had taken control of the limb earlier than that. Before before he saw the rock because of yes. a
0: computer glitch, right? Oh, that's before. right. That's right. So that probably added some time as well. And then there was right. there was an additional uh, thirty nine seconds of, of of Buzz finding finding the right place to land. So. It took those guys a few minutes to realize that it hadn't quite happened yet. They've announced it's happened, and we're like, wow, we've landed on the moon. And then it's like, ah, then it really happened. And I had yeah. no memory of that, and I hadn't read that anywhere, that it got reported wrong like that. It was, it was really that's, interesting.
1: That's kind of that cool, was had- not it? Yeah, that's kind of cool to get to see it. You, we have the perspective of history uh, to get it right, but uh, that, that's cool that they did it that way and showed that it was a little bit off.
0: Cool. And you can tell it's off because you hear what's happening in the background and you go, oh, "I've heard this before. they haven't landed yet that's
1: yeah they haven't landed
0: <laughs> until until he says the, the line and, and and the other funny thing is Cronkite almost talks over the line, right He almost is yeah. talking when when they when they actually do land, but he manages to shut up just at the right minute and a few minutes. Uh, well, hours later when they're doing the spacewalk, same thing. Neil is finally <laughs> down on
1: the moon. and He's Walker's on the kettle. ladder. He's on the ladder. You know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and the exactly. most famous yeah. line in history, he almost steps on it, doesn't he?
0: He almost, uh, he almost stepped on it. And interestingly, after he delivered it, this is the state of the technology at the time, he says, well, I heard the first part, something about a small step for man, but I couldn't make
1: out the rest. And we're all going. Yeah. Oh
0: no, you couldn't hear it. We heard. I hear it and recognize it. I'm wondering, was it that garbled? Was it that hard to hear? I don't know. Stuff that Well, and important. of course,
1: there's the uh, the a man controversy versus man controversy, right? Uh, and of course, to this day, uh, NASA says it was one small step for a man, one yes. giant leap for mankind. And of course, that's the line we ought to take, right? That's what uh, was meant to be said. And if he uh, if he dropped. Uh, an article adjective because he was excited about being on the moon. We ought to forgive him that and just take the line as written. Yeah, yeah. you know what?
0: I've always I've always thought that was as
1: big a nothing burger of a controversy as you could have. Yeah, oh, either yeah,
0: okay. worst case yeah. is Neil muffed his line.
1: It's like, yeah.
0: all right, so he got to the moon, but he didn't say his words quite right. <laughs> we're gonna, we're if gonna, gonna there give, was him a that. give the man a break. <laughs> moment
1: yeah. you know yeah in the uh, you New know life. if, if you problem. or i Phil, had been in his shoes okay it would have been like wow i'm on the moon can you believe yeah, that exactly <laughs> or something like, you know something stupid you know i would and then oh 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 uh, that's one small step yeah <laughs> yeah well exactly i, I don't know you if i've
0: ever seen it but uh actually it was making the rounds on social media and this being a family show we want to we won't repeat any of that kind of language, but check out how The Onion covered it, okay? What the, yeah, yeah. I, I what have, the headline part uh, was, yeah, and what the yeah. first
1: words were, and I'd be more along. Lines, <laughs> Steve, Steve Green linked to it uh, earlier uh, in, in the week. so uh, Because that actually captures the emotional uh uh, impact of it, you know. Um, yeah, what, yeah you, you could almost forgive Neil had he had he, he said something like that. that. Uh, That's uh, it. Yeah, exactly. But
0: but I think even even if even if he was supposed to say a, and he I mean he was supposed to say, a, but even if he didn't say it, even if it wasn't an audio clip, <laughs> you can still hear it the right way. I mean, it's right like, for man meaning man the species, and then mankind yeah. meaning man the. You know, I understand that man can also mean mankind. There's a lot of ambiguity in language. So what? Good grief. Yeah. Everybody knew what he meant,
1: right? So, And I, there was a I, static I, pop right where the A should be. So I, I, I wouldn't just say he said it. You know? I uh, think he probably said it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, so. I
0: agree. Um, well. But a uh, huge moment. Huge moment. How huge? That's the question. Now it's, it's 50 years in the past. I was thinking about this. We are now as far from the moon landing as that event was from
1: World War I, okay? So wow, a long yeah. time ago. You know lane, a long time of, know, right? state of the yeah. art of uh, aerospace was biplanes fifty years prior to that, yeah I mean they, exactly. it was it was uh it was a huge undertaking at that time and, and the, what they did they had no business doing with the state of technology at that time, but yet they did it because they felt the need to i think, uh, to I beat think the it soviets was,
0: it 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 was clearly not beyond our means to do it,
1: it, it we were capable of doing
0: it. Maybe what we weren't capable of doing, and we'll get to this in a minute, was doing it sustainably, to use a word that yeah. gets used too much these days. But but maybe right. we weren't ready to put an ongoing relationship with outer space into place at that point. Although we right. we tried. I mean we, we made an effort even for it to seem kind of like that. But it was it was designed not to create infrastructure in space and it was designed not to not to do things repeatedly. It was designed to figure out a way to get one rocket to get you to the moon. That, that was the that was the key. It was it was so that you didn't have to build a space station in Earth orbit. You didn't have to build a space station in lunar orbit. All you had to do was launch one big big rocket, and you got a self-contained trip to the moon. Brilliant right. engineering, actually. Um, uh, one one of the one of the most amazing feats of engineering ever. But yeah, it was definitely a little bit ahead of its time. And it and it goes to show you what what a good Kind of war by other means can do because ha- had we not been in that global conflict with the Soviets over communism, if we ha- had the Cold War not been going on, would we have done it? Would it, could it possibly have happened that
1: soon? Absolutely not. It's uh, you know, there's a, this is kind of silly, Phil, but do you remember the uh, the line from Tombstone where he said, uh, you know, maybe poker's not your game. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Let's have a spelling contest. Well, it's sort of, <laughs>
0: Yeah.
1: Uh But you know, uh, maybe nukes is not our game. Well, let's have a uh, let's have a nerd contest and uh, right. see who can right. nerd uh, nerd themselves to the moon first. It's sort of uh, our German themselves to the moon. Uh, we our Germans are better, right?
0: And um, well, yeah, that had a lot to do with it. Yeah, and and our German was the one big rocket guy. So you know, for sure that <laughs> yeah. uh,
1: that helped us a lot.
0: I, I think that that there's something to be said for the conflict from which it arose and it's possible that had that not been going on, we still wouldn't have been in the... Right?
1: Well, we you can't. know, and here's the thing. We we had to have World War II as well. Without World War II, we would have still been in, incremental improvements on the technology from World War One. you know? Yeah. And uh, we would... Uh, so World War II just, I mean, absolutely uh, pushed us forward technologically and then armed with the scientists that uh, we claimed at the end of the war and with the need to do it to beat the Soviets, we we went and... That's. Uh, I think all of that is absolutely necessary.
0: What do you think so, in terms of how big a moment in human history is it? Biggest thing ever? Top ten? Top five? What do you? Where, where would you? Where would you put it?
1: Where would you put landing on the moon? You know, uh, it's funny. The whenever we whenever we look at something difficult and say, "Well, we put a man on the moon. Uh, why right. not?" That's right. uh, to some extent. It's important for just having that phrase in our arsenal of things to say when when yes. we're faced with something difficult, right? We don't we don't shirk from things just because they're hard. Uh, uh, sometimes uh, Kennedy would say we do it because it's hard, right? It's uh, you know it's 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 those things that uh, um, uh, we we uh, that really push us forward, and we need to do those things. Uh, there's also you could say there's a negative aspect to this legacy because it seems like. Everybody has the wrong idea about going to the moon. You know, there's how many how many programs have there been to return to the moon? You know, are, are at least proposed by presidents. Apollo. You know, they always generally they say, okay, we're going to do it in ten years. And of course, they're out of office, and the next president uh, conveniently forgets it, and uh, it never happens.
0: It's you know, true. Just, uh, and that's the difference between the Cold War. The first president who said we would do it in ten years got it right when it was hardest, right. when it was least right. likely, and he died a couple of years after
1: saying it. So and he, I think that's another of thing you need to point out. It was almost a memorial program. In some know? ways, yeah. You know, yeah, if if, it, if if we hadn't had World War II, if we hadn't had the Soviets, uh, cold you know, Cold War with the Soviets, if Kennedy had not been shot, you know, maybe we didn't go in 69. You know? Yeah. I don't know. It's a, it's yeah. There's a lot of ifs there. So it's an interesting thing. In terms of trying to scope the, well, scope the scope of it, I suppose, if,
0: if that's a fair way of saying it, I was thinking about this the other because we talked a while back about did we really lose the space race and we just moved the goalposts and then got to say we won? But it's okay. Cause yeah, we kind of we kind of called we,
1: we kind of called the finish line, didn't we? We we played and 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 it's interesting. And this is this is interesting behind the scenes. Kennedy called in as science advisors and said okay what can we do faster than the Soviets?" Well, right and they were saying well no we can't do a space station faster than them they're going to beat us to the space station probably yeah we can go to the moon and uh, we think we, we push can it this. we can go to the moon yeah yeah yeah, we could probably exactly. beat them. yeah it was
0: the thing we could do but they as as you noted last time we talked about this they took the bait and so that did become the race however yeah. i was thinking about this the other day and i was thinking well is this really the big shining achieving moment is this really the big thing and i think maybe it is actually, yeah. Uh, not to take anything away from Sputnik or from Gagarin, because those are both huge, huge moments. But I actually think for this, man, is, for this is a good one yeah. Yeah. because this is when we got somewhere. We didn't just go into space. We went somewhere. I mean, low-Earth orbit is arguably somewhere. But you know what I mean? We went somewhere else, right? We we yeah. went to someplace besides the Earth and it's
1: still so part of put, our system. Put, put, put France on another world, you know? You yeah exactly so i think i think because
0: of that because it was our first actual venture from this world to another world that's why that's why this one stands out and that's why it's it's memorable in a way that nothing else that has been done in space and nothing else that's happened in history compares to it it is it, it is a, a unique accomplishment in human history and that's that it's something that should and i hope will be remembered thousands of years from now that this that, in some ways, a new era of human history, as over-the-top as that sounds, actually started that day, that yeah. that we took the first step towards whatever else we're going to do in the, in the cosmos
1: on, on that day. So, you know, another historical thing happened in 69, uh, Bill other than, you know, my birth, of course. But there's uh, <laughs> the another thing. Yeah, lots of things. Yeah, well, no, no, it's um, the connection of the first two nodes. That eventually became the internet.
0: Oh, is that right? Oh.
1: Mm-hmm. So I, you know, so should we? Uh, let's have a, a, you know, quick discussion. Uh, we don't, you know, got a couple other things we want to hit, but you know, which was more important, Phil—the uh, birth of the internet, or you know, you could arguably say it was in '69, or uh, going to the moon? It's hard to say. Well, that's a tough one because uh, certainly for for the civilization
0: that we currently have, for the world we currently live in, nothing's more important than the internet, right? right. How are we right. even having this conversation right now, Stephen? Yeah, um,
1: exactly.
0: How has anyone ever listened to our show? How did how do you and I even know each other? Right. it, exactly. it, it It's all de- it's all dependent on it's all dependent on the internet. So in in terms of in, in terms of day to day impact on our lives, and certainly the future that that we're rushing into, that's that's bigger. I agree. That's a that's a that's a barrier yeah. development, but but it's possible that a thousand years from now, from a certain perspective, we'll see Apollo Eleven as bigger, or maybe even right. a hundred years from now, we'll see it we'll see it as bigger. We'll 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 recognize both. Ah, boy, it's it's that's a great little conundrum you raised there. Actually, yeah. maybe we should do a we should do a show about that, marking the. Uh, the fiftieth uh, of the internet. Yeah, that's, that's right. right. The fiftieth anniversary of the internet, because that is big. I'm not going to say it's not big. It is. Yeah. It is completely huge. Well, I couldn't have watched that coverage on YouTube, right, without
1: the internet. <laughs> I mean, <it's>... that's right.
0: <laughs> so yeah, for, uh,
1: for mo- most people that came of age in the '80s and '90s, uh, Phil, um you know, they didn't even know about the internet until maybe '94, '95, something like that. Mm-hmm. That's and right. uh, so it, it, it might come as a surprise to our listeners that uh, you know it was it was it was being assembled as early as '69. Uh, but uh, yeah, um, that's uh, it, it was, and it was a connection of two uh, universities in California, I believe. So, uh place. There you go.
0: So. Well, so truly the beginning of our era in more ways than one, and, right. and one sort of obviously has completely overtaken the other. That's for sure. The one that no one had heard of it, that it's like the mammals replacing the dinosaurs in some ways with, uh, yeah. with the space program and, and the Internet. But I want to talk about this. Uh, I've, I've linked to this piece by Ayn Rand. She wrote a piece for, I think it was the Los Angeles Times, her observations on watching the, the moon landing. And I want to read this little section. I think this is interesting. She wrote that we had seen a demonstration of man at his best. No one could doubt. This was the cause of the events attraction and of the stunned numbed state in which it left us and no one could doubt that we had seen an achievement of man in his capacity as a rational being an achievement of reason of logic of mathematics of total dedication to the absolutism of reality I like that phrase how many people would connect these two facts i do not know so i was thinking about that you know we've talked a lot about over the last couple of years reality about one of the potential downsides of the internet, one of the potential downsides of the web culture, the social media culture that we have today, is that it lets us kind of cloister ourselves off in our own realities. So we get to create our own realities, and then we get to go live in those realities. But before that, maybe landing on the moon kind of put us into, into a different reality. It started a new stage. It put us into a world that we hadn't lived in before. Now we live in this age where we all get to build our own reality, but that is not the reality of the absolutism of reality. Something almost kinda of scary about that about that phrase, but, but there's an absolute
1: reality that you have to address if you're gonna get
0: from the earth to the moon.
1: And I think part of what Ian Rand was alluding to is that she was she was saying the absolutism of non-religious uh, scientific worldview objective and, and, physical reality that's what she's yeah about. that's right she's talking about that she's you know a complete rejection of a religious worldview in favor of objective reality so uh you know and i find that interesting uh in that there's there's something to be said for you know the people that 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 were behind the program but you know what the astronauts that actually experienced it going to the moon and going into space and Everything. A, a large percentage of them describe it in re, uh, in religious overtones. You know, it yes. like, uh, it's like it's a religious terms, terms experience. That she would not guys. approve
0: of. Yes. Yeah. Uh,
1: exactly. It. She. It would make her very uncomfortable. Uh, you know that Buzz took communion on the moon and that uh, you know they read the, the the book of Genesis. You know, and uh, on Apollo 10, I believe. Uh, well, you know,
0: it's Apollo 8. It? Read the. Yeah. Read okay. the, uh read the article she references that and disapproves of it uh, uh, sure. okay
1: okay I did, uh, yeah I, I'm not surprised that she just <laughs> it, it, for, for the guys that experienced uh, the you know the trip it was uh, it was a religious experience you know the, the scientists that put them there were probably back home shaking their heads even then I guess we experienced reality in different ways didn't we so um, I, I,
0: I, that's always been true yeah that, that's that's yeah. true the 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 social media YouTube didn't create the fact that people live in different realities, right? It's just right. it's allowed us to really go nuts with that, right? To really <laughs> to, to to really take that to the to to the next level. But but I think there I think there's something to be said for the idea that there is a sp- There's a flavor of reality that we don't get to make. It feels the bus that's going to run into you, right? It's you know that 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 reality is the one you have to contend with if you're going to get to the moon, right? It's not a well. I think the moon is two hundred twenty-five thousand miles away, and you think it's sixty thousand miles away, and we're you know we'll agree to disagree, right? You you can't have that. You can't right, have right.
1: relativism. Well, and not parameter. go to the moon. You got you had to know down to the foot almost how far away it was, right? Uh to to to, to accomplish the task. You have to there has to be agreed upon parameters <laughs> in something yeah. so scientific. That, that right? fact, a very basic yeah. one among tens of thousands
0: of those kinds of things, right? That that yeah, all have exactly. to be that all have to be cataloged and known and thought about, and and this mathematically defined, mathematically precision reality that uh, CBS counted on that you know, they had to that they had to step away from a, a little bit. So, you know, I think I, I think about our discussions about well, there's the moon landing deniers, right? Uh, yeah. There's the flat earthers. There's the you know all these all these uh, kind of conspiracy theory realities that uh, that that people create and they live in. Here's the problem with creating, you know, your own anti-vax reality or your own flat earth reality or something like that. Are those folks ever going to get us to the moon, right?
1: Um, (laughs) Uh, I don't know if I'd accept a ride to Walmart with those guys. (laughs) Um, (laughs) You know, they probably probably want to talk about the mice that are running in the engine or something, you know, the gnomes that... uh, the magic gnomes that make uh, transportation by ground possible. Those, those guys. I don't know. It, it's it, yeah. You're exactly right, though, Phil. The, they uh, you got to you got to have a, a strong a grasp of objective reality to do these you know scientific things. You can't you can't uh, you, you can't be living in your own world to the extent that you're unex, you know uh, you're unwilling to believe what what is objective truth uh, in order yeah. to go. So yeah. exactly. Everybody
0: gets to live in their own reality, but only some realities are going to take us to the moon or accomplish lots of other things, too. I think it's, a, it's, it's an interesting demonstration of that. And here's the other interesting thing she said in her essay. I, I this, this got my attention. She said, it is said that without the, quote, unlimited resources of the government, such an enormous project would not have been undertaken. No, it would not have been at this time, but it would have been when the economy was ready for it. And that goes back to what we were talking about earlier about a sustainable approach to the moon. And it falls in line with what we've said before
1: about how these days businesses do what once only superpowers could do. And that right. eventually private – It inter- really was saying, saying that uh, you know, at some point the economy and the pri- private enterprise would have allowed for, this, for it. And it uh, looks like it's going to happen, Phil, doesn't it?
0: Well, we've got this headline. Elon Musk okay. says SpaceX could land on the moon in two years. A NASA executive says we'll partner with them and we'll get there faster if the company can pull it off. Right. So <laughs> so there it is right there. Give us the line, Phil, uh, from Elon. I love this. Oh, yeah. Uh, Elon Musk said, I love this. It may literally be easier to just land Starship on the moon than to try to convince NASA that we can.
1: So, <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, NASA is very much committed to their own program, right? Their own rocket, and uh, and uh, of course, it, it won't fly until after uh, uh, after Musk says he could put uh, the Starship on the moon, right? so that's right <laughs> sls isn't
0: even scheduled to fly until 2021 musk says he could have us on the moon by then but i thought it was very interesting this is kind of a turning of the tide here where at least some nasa people are saying yeah well maybe we'll partner with them maybe they can do it if we want to get there that yeah. fast maybe they're the guys to talk to that's a that's a
1: you know it just reminds me of
0: change with uh,
1: it reminds me of the government program to decode the human genome and then craig venter almost and and i would say arguably did overtake it and of course uh And so at some point, um, you know, Bill Clinton uh, said, you know what, let's call it a tie, Um, you know, and and he announced it was done, even though it was just quote a rough draft at that point. Right. Uh, right. It had had it really gone to a you know a full decoding of the human genome, I think Craig Venter would have would have beefed the the government program, and that's why I think Bill Clinton did what he did. He you know, he, you know yeah. he did what presidents do. They uh, they uh, they you know, announce the finish line. You know that uh, that is most beneficial. Um, you know, like Kennedy did, but um, yeah, a
0: Kennedy-esque move. Hey, he was Kennedy-esque after all. Good for you. It's a it's a great point though, because yeah. talk about talk about something that is purely an information technology challenge. That's really what the gene code comes down to. And right. who better to solve that kind of problem than a technologist, right? Uh, some, right? Somebody who works works in IT. They came along and and they won the race. Well. This big industrial stuff has really been, uh, you know, especially the military industrial type industrial stuff has really been under the supervision of the big government agencies for so long. But you see the same – you're exactly right, Steve. You see the exact same kind of change here. You see the same kind of flipping here. It's like, well – And it's partly because of datification. It's partly because Elon Musk always recognizes everything he's doing is basically kind of a big computer
1: project. I mean, he sees the... He sees the Tesla as a basically a data device, right? That's what well, he Give us you know? the example from your book, Phil, of the uh, of, of the jet engine. And uh, he, he, Phil has written a book, guys, uh, since uh, we've uh, last had a
0: show. Uh, what's the name? Yeah, of your book, we're gonna. It's called A Matter of Days. We're gonna be doing a show about it here in the in the very near future. But that is that that is a really good example. This
1: CFM
0: Leap aircraft engine that GE put out a while ago. Um, Let me me just read a quote here. It reduces noxious emissions by 50%. It's quieter. It weighs 500 pounds less. It's smaller. Um, smaller, lighter, cheaper, more powerful, smaller in every way except for one. It produces about 10 times the data footprint
1: of the previous version of the engine. It's probably in real time. Uh, altering the uh, the fuel flow and everything. You know, all the parameters are being altered in real time to meet the demands and it allows exactly. it to be that much more efficient. And, of course, you, you multiply that by practically every part that goes into a rocket that would take us to the moon. And, you know, eventually you get somewhere with that, right?
0: Yeah. When you turn any project, any engineering project, into an information technology project, when you turn it into a, a digital project, you get the advantages, the the exponential jumps, and the economies of scale that the digital world brings, even to something like an aircraft engine or even to something like going to the moon. This is, this is Elon Musk's advantage, is that he is taking an information science approach to everything he does, to building cars, to aerospace. And, and it's why he can, in all seriousness, say, look, you want to get to the moon? I'll get you there in two years. Right? Forget 10 years. I'll get you there in two years. Is NASA going to take him up on it? I, you know, maybe with Trump in the White House, they might, right? M- maybe yeah. something will happen there. But even if they don't, he'll do it. And it's possible they'll get smart enough and do a Bill Clinton and say, hey, yay, it's a NASA project,
1: right? right, right yeah, NASA. what are they- you know at the last minute they, they put you know NASA astronauts on it and and take credit it, that's that would be the smart political move right and and we'll see we'll see what happens i would i
0: would just recommend on this subject Brian Wong has written a great piece over at Next Big Future SpaceX is the only real option for human landing on the moon by 2024 which he sees i think you know 5 years out as maybe a more realistic time frame than then two years out, but... Yeah,
1: there's Elon <laughs> time. You know, Elon uh, speaks, you know, he, he, he optimistically. Uh, not, uh, you know, he's not lying. He's just extremely optimistic
0: <laughs> to he's, the point He's that the, very
1: optimistic.
0: There's nothing to be said about unrealistic time frames. That's part of what made Apollo 11 happen. That right. uh if if Kennedy had said we'll do it in thirty years, we'd have probably never done it. Um, yeah. it he, he said we'd do it in ten years, and we did it. So maybe two years is the right number. Maybe we should be shooting to get back to the moon in two years. But I'll certainly settle for five if uh, right. if they can if they can get us there if they can get us there in five years, and if it's a SpaceX rocket that says NASA on it or whatever combination, I really don't care. Um, but I hope it's us. Um, I, hope we, I, I, I hope we don't get beaten to the moon by someone else here in the, next, in the next few years, which is another possibility we've talked about in other shows. Of course, even if they do, all they're racing to be is second to the moon,
1: right? <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, the, this next time we go to the moon will be analogous to when we went to the, uh, the South Pole. Uh, For a second time, right? Because, you know, the race to the South Pole was just, uh, you know, you could say that it was an elaborate stunt, right? To say that we had been to the South Pole. When we went back, we went back with a base. And we've been, uh, you know, at the South Pole ever since. The science that's been done down there has been awesome. And, uh, and it's been worth being there, and uh, that's that's you know maybe that's what we need. We when we go back to the moon, we need to have a compelling reason to go, and there are reasons to go to the moon. There are good reasons to be there, and but we need to actually be building the infrastructure that, you know okay now we're on the moon, and it will allow us to do all these other things. Therefore, we we have a compelling reason to be here and to stay here, and that's right. That's, that's what we need to you know going forward. We don't need a stunt anymore, or, or just to say hey we beat the Soviets. That's, you know, we beat the Soviets. Now we. Yeah, gotta go that's over and done with. Yeah. To exactly.
0: stay, I like that phrase. I think that's right. We're going back to stay. We're going back to space to stay because right. that's where we belong, and that's where we started to demonstrate that 50 years ago. So I think it's a, it's a, it's a grand achievement. It's, it was fun to have the anniversary. We had a little get together. We had some. We, we were actually getting together with some friends, and we made it an Apollo 11 party, and that was fun. We did a cake and it was just nice it was nice to see the awareness of my kids of how how big a deal this was as as they became aware of it and it's something it's a memory we need to keep alive and it's something we need to continue to celebrate but i think it's a it's an excellent point that it's not just of the past that this is something that is an example to us for what we can accomplish going forward And I'm looking forward to seeing what happens next in the story of humans on the moon. And with that, Stephen, I will say uh, it's great uh, talking with you. It's great having you all with us. We are going to be back soon with another brand new show. And until next time,
1: live to see it.